Hey guys. episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we watch movies that we loved in our youth and find out if they're still any good. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. I'm Ash. And I'm Pat. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very excited. Pat. This is uh, episode episode two after our long break. Uh, mm. The listeners mm-hmm. might have noticed that the episodes kind of took three weeks instead of two weeks to come out because, you know, babies. Babies. But, Hopefully, they're really well, like they're hard. critical on the um, editing. They had a lot of feedback. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like training them to edit is impossible. <laughs> Good lord! You should see Weebo's so just like much time. vomiting on the keyboard. Like he can't even find the keys he needs. It's horrible. You're going to start. You're going to call your child Bebo so much that he's going to think that that is his name. That's his name. <laughs> 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 that's the actual you, name but they were like we can't we need to have an official name otherwise you right. judge us mm-hmm, so. certainly yeah there's the paper name and then his actual name mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. got it yep. okay speaking of keyboard and vomit he has like this little like play gym thingy and the other day cherub knocked the little baby keyboard off and underneath was just this horrifying amount of secret uh, like uh, petrified vomit it it was a lot of vomit talk at the, be- at the top of the episode mm, here it was a um, situation <laughs> yeah let's uh, cool 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 <laughs> speaking of uh, a situation <laughs> i like that you start the day i've been drinking all day is the day you the day as if yeah but. you tweeted so early this morning about the amount that you were drinking in preparation for the podcast today pat i am so excited to see where i mean it wasn't preparing go. for this it, it was just to, but, to cope no um <laughs> to co- no it was just it was really hot i was at young child's yeah to deal with brett Ugh. yeah um i know tell me about it but uh very hot outside it was at small children community football game thing because my daughter's a cheerleader it was very Aww. hot roasting got home i'm like refreshing drinks all around um but i'm actually just more excited because we have a guest who has been so polite <laughs> while we just ramble inanely about just the most life. boring intro i think we've ever had baby vomit and drinking that sounds exciting yeah um, <laughs> yeah well, welcome, Courtney Romp. Thank uh, you. You are a filmmaker and improver and, oh, and And gone. logged off. Whoops. Dang it. <laughs> that timing was excellent. All right, I'm, I'm going to reintroduce you again. <laughs> Great. Sounds good. That was practice. <laughs> yeah. But welcome, Courtney. Oh, my God. <laughs> welcome, Courtney Romp. You're a filmmaker, you. improver, and now a podcaster. Look at you. Whoa. Conquering I mean, all of it. To be honest, I've been on more podcasts than I listen to. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Got to keep um, up that ratio. That's right. That's right. That's my <laughs> I mean, that's the true sign of success. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like popular with my friends, and then that's about it. <laughs> hey, same. So. <laughs> 
That sounds like that's like our podcast. Popular with the people who know to listen to it, but not popular elsewhere. Correct. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. We were connected via um Brett and Mai's it's weird to say childhood, but I guess childhood friend Anza. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're one of my instructors Anza. for my uh, BFA. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's so great. Yeah. So that's how we that's connected. Awesome. And, you know, they're an amazing teacher. And and a human, just in general. Just human in general, correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, you brought to us, which our listeners pointed out was one of the most bonkers Twitter poll we've ever done. Because nice. it was. You're super- welcome. <laughs> yeah. It was Superstar, His Girl Friday, Father Goose, and To Catch a Thief. And I think Ralph had the best uh, response where he said, one of these is not like the other. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Um, But To Catch a Thief won with 47%, guys. So I'm excited. I'm very excited. And I'm hosting this episode despite the fact that I've never actually seen this movie but uh, there's facts about this movie that uh, got me really excited to see this movie now. So I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, to be honest, I was a little, I'm surprised that uh, Superstar didn't win because it's me more too. known. Yeah. Um, but I suppose Alfred Hitchcock, you know, he's kind of a baller. And so. That's true. Or perhaps this your listeners a- want to enjoy watching something for the first time as well. So. This is a, this is a Hitchcock joint? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm curious, uh, Courtney, why, why was this one of the, cause I, I, I recognized, I looked at, I was curious. I did a brief look up at the cast. I was like, what is this movie? Cause I, I am not familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, is this something you loved when you were younger or? So I was raised on classic film and cinema. Um, I grew up in a house that was pretty conservative. And so anything predating the 1960s is pretty much what I grew up on. Oh, wow. Um, I've always been fascinated with film. And so Alfred Hitchcock kind of became one of my heroes. Um, and my mom is a massive fan of any type of mystery, anything. Ooh. Grew up with, you know... Uh, Murder, She Wrote, and Columbo, and all that kind of stuff. So, And, of course, she is infatuated by Cary Grant. So this is one of those movies. I mean, yeah, right? (laughs) For real. Right. (laughs) Um, And Grace Kelly is just a star. So um, this is just one of those movies that I grew up watching consistently anytime it was on. Um, And it's such a fabulous twist and mystery and suspense, and it just sort of encapsulates kind of everything I love about film. So that's, and I hadn't seen it in a while and it was on my list actually to rewatch. So I was like, perfect. Sweet. I know. Perfect podcast for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. (laughs) And, and do you, did you find that like, what sort of films do you make? Do you find that Alfred Hitchcock like inspired your genre that you prefer to make or no? Um, you know, honestly, it's really difficult being sort of an up and coming filmmaker. You know, you gotta have to stick with those shorts because you can, you know, you only have $50 really to make. And so as of right now, um, I've kind of been focusing on genre in general. So I am really more interested in telling 
like the female story growing up having heroes that weren't females. Um, it, it didn't really click until later when, you know, I grew up on James Bond and I told one of my mom's friends, Hey, my goal in life is to be a Bond girl. And he looked at me and he was like, do not have that as a goal. And I said, how dare you? <laughs> and he said, no, you should grow up and want to be Bo- James Bond. Oh yeah, And that's kind of yeah. when I realized that there are no female awesome leads, really. Um, so that's sort of my primary focus of making film, uh, as well as trying to find good writers and people that can tell really good stories. But I, I am moving into kind of defining what that looks like. And really, as long as there's a female lead who's awesome and kind of is just a badass, I, I really want to tell those stories. I actually just completed a pilot of an assassin, a female assassin, who ends up having to take care of these two young girls kind of accidentally. Um, mm. And so then I'm hoping that like the whole show, is, yeah, it's sort of that, that kind rad. of mystery. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Just sort of, yeah, sort of that mystery. Like I love naive, like the naivety when, when we as a viewer get to experience um, the world around them as the characters are experiencing the world around them. So yeah, I suppose someday I'll make like a Hitchcocky type of film. I am drawn to them. Yeah. Uh, that would be totally awesome. I am the same way where when I was little and I was like so influenced by films, it was like, oh, I want to be Han Solo or I want to be, you know, whoever. And then as I grew up, I didn't, at, you know, when you're a kid, you like didn't think that that was weird. And then you grow up and you're like, oh, why are there no women that are the main, you know, I I had that exact same experience for sure. I like to make women main characters as well. Get it. As does Pat. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a writer. That's yeah. Let's link up. Okay. I'm de- yeah. <laughs> Wait a um, minute. Don't steal we, it from me. <laughs> <laughs> Ash, I, no. And, we and can like, share. Okay. I've talked about this. Um, Ash and I've talked about this. It's kind of a, a newer thing. So I, I've tried for years to be very like conscious of that because I, I am a, a, a cis head straight white male, right? Like, so it's like, so I try to be very conscious of that. Um, even with my first book, but even more so one of my new, tools i've been using and i started i did it for the first time with this short film action i did last year um where i've been i started writing characters that are the like race or gender orientation are the absolute last things so everything else about them you just them, wrote like, a number yeah for, like, I just, each no, of I, them they were just number one number one through eight were their character names love it during the script so it's like because it doesn't matter because like your race or your gender or your orientation are not personality defining, traits yeah <laughs> defining of your like so human so i started doing that with a, like almost all my stuff now where i like books where i just i like create an actual crafted person first and then add that in later and if it's just a book i just choose it but then if it's uh you know something like a script that could be filmed you just i just we just I want to leave it that way, right? And then because you know, right. it opens up the whole world for you as far as casting goes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have a rule that, like, unless a character is going to be pregnant, every role should be able to be played by any person. Unless nice. you cast yeah. Schwarzenegger in that role. Because <laughs> <laughs> he apparently can. He plays bear a very child. good pregnant man. Yeah. Yeah. 
Touche. Touche. He's got the depth. The only one. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, Courtney, you've obviously seen this before. You liked it. And Ash, I know you got trivia. But is this like a... No, like no, no, it's peak. cool. I'll let you know. I'm is this like hosting, a noir you mystery? Can, you can do your no, thing. No, I have a question. I'm not hosting. I'm quite, is this like a noir mystery? <laughs> it's like from it's Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> is this like a noir mystery? Um. So by definition, it's not a noir. Because okay. uh, n- noir is reference to basically your male protagonist um, ends up sort of and ends up in a shitty life. Like there's sort of this idea that in noir your main character ends up either literally dying or their life is destroyed, you know, oh, and so there's sort of a death too. Interesting. Um, yeah. I um, did not know that was a, uh, like a, a hallmark or like a, of that word. I just took it as more of an aesthetic in my, in my, yeah, brain. a lot of, yeah, a lot of people do, but then you have, you know, neo-noir. So then you have like Chinatown, right. Where at mm-hmm. the end, basically everyone's life is, shit and (laughs) it's just like what was it all for and that's pretty much if you don't if you watch a movie and you you don't say that uh then it's not technically a noir um it's not happy feelings type of so i've been thinking about that word wrong yeah because it means black right in french but so it maybe it's like dark you know like dark as in i always thought it was the lighting as well yeah it's very like Frenchman smoking a cigarette, like, yeah. oh, life is this shit. <laughs> I thought, like, uh, here's, here's, like, the three keywords for me in noir. It was, like, brooding okay. urban mystery. Okay. If I were to so, do it. Yeah, so mystery isn't necessarily part of the noir genre. Uh, mm-hmm. And the term f- femme fatale comes from mm. the noir. So it's basic, it's generally a female character who is at the source of all of this man's downfall that's pretty oh, much that is so what a noir is dang women yeah messing up the your worst. male lifestyle ah. that, under, that underlying inherent misogyny yeah yeah mm. gotta love it uh yeah so then you have you have code you know like the um well crap what's it called the the haze code in film which um, began around 1939 all the way through kind of the 60s when they had regulations on their film. And so things like if somebody was going to be a bad guy within a film, they had to be portrayed as bad from the beginning. There there couldn't be any mystery to the fact that they are the bad guys. What? Um, there's a whole bunch of, there's a whole list of rules. So then you have movies like whenever they say pre-code film, um, they're referencing how they were able to create a story um, prior to being uh, regulated. So you have a film like Casablanca, wow. for example, who that, you know, that whole scene whenever she goes and approaches him, there's like a whole bit in the script where she pretty much says, I will sleep with you to get these tickets. And they had to cut all of that out because it was within the code violation. Gotcha. That's Courtney, yeah. it sounds like you need your own pod, like movie podcast. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. damn, that's really funny. Because I'm sitting here with um, not movies, but a bunch of uh, pre comics code comics that had they went through the same thing. Mm. And oh. you want to say the thing for our listeners? Well, that one's the the haunt of fear. I don't know what the it's other one. the weird science weird series. Science and- oh yeah, oh. The those Tales like old the pulpy comics. They got gnarly, man. Yeah, there's a lot of murder and death in those. The comics code or whatever. Mm-hmm. Wow. But yeah, people just got really like 
weird about telling telling stories that would corrupt the youth. <laughs> yep. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. We're so and corruptible. Was, yeah. Uh, we're not youth anymore. Shh, damn it, Sam. You couldn't <laughs> let me live for five seconds in that. <laughs> so basically with the removal of the Hayes Code is what instilled ratings, the rating system. Oh. Which is so much better Dude. and makes so much sense. Yeah, <laughs> totally. 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 Um, well, th- this movie I'm very excited for. So th- this would be during the code? Is that what you're saying? During the era of... Yes, this would be a code film. Okay. Um, Interesting. Th- it's So it's by definition, it's not a noir, but it is a suspense mystery okay. film. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so this movie came out in 1955, uh, and our director is Alfred Hitchcock. The uh, I think you guys m- maybe maybe you've heard of him. You maybe know, he's done a couple indie films. Um, <laughs> I actually right- met someone last week who had never heard of Alfred Hitchcock. Wow! And I didn't really know what to do with myself in that moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, you unfriend how, them. Well, how old was the person? Were they an adult? Or was oh, it like, that's a good like question. I wouldn't blame my five-year-old if she didn't know who Alfred Hitchcock was. That's sure, true. Sure. Yeah, that's a shortfall of their Give me parents. a moment to recall who it was. Yeah. <laughs> that's getting um, true. So true. Yeah. Uh, the writer is John Michael Hayes, who did uh, the Hayes other Co- Hitchcock movies, including uh, Rear window um for cast we have grace kelly as we already mentioned who's done other move do you say queen (laughs) queen yeah (laughs) literally well she was a princess but whatever and imdb listed her after carrie grant so i intentionally put her first take that stick it to a mash (laughs) um She's all, she was also in Rear Window and Dial M for Murder. Um, and then, of course, we have Carrie Grant, who I'm a huge fan of, by the way. We have – this is our first Cary Grant movie, I think, on the yeah. podcast. Is this also our oldest movie? Excited. I think so. I think you have finally pushed the envelope, Courtney, to movies past 1980. Congratulations. Uh, we've done You're some welcome. 70s. We did a couple 70s. Yeah. Oh, did, oh okay. That's, oh, okay. I like this. We're on a roll. We're oh, two weeks okay. in a row for a, a superlative. The la- our last recording, we did our shortest movie. That's ever. true. Yeah, yeah. Oh. a lot of firsts. A lot of firsts. Um, and then Jesse Royce Landis, who uh, was uh, in North by Northwest, along with Cary Grant, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, JRL. Yeah. Well, and- JRL. You don't know JRL? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not <laughs> that guy. See, and then I only have one other actor because the rest of them, like, it seemed like this was the movie that they were known for. So they weren't, like, known past that. But John Williams, no, not the composer, uh, <laughs> was also in Sabrina and Dial M for Murder. So, mm. yeah, yeah, wasn't that a Hitchcock thing? Like, didn't he cast a lot of the non-leading actors as just, like, people that looked like they would be the person that would be the thing in the movie? You know, it was less about the acting and more about you look like you could be a chef and like, (laughs) (laughs) right? Yeah, that's pretty on brand for him. He he would use his actors as as he would use props in his in his movies, and he's pretty much known for saying that Grace Kelly is the only person 
that he basically treated like a performer. Um, oh, wow. So that it wasn't a complete shithill, too? <laughs> Correct. Um, wow. Okay. He, to him, Grace Kelly was the epitome of beauty and acting and and stuff. So, so he just fanboyed real hard. Totally. Cause... Yeah. But he was like a total, like, asshole to like, a, everyone he else, was right? An asshole. Like, yeah, he was yeah. a complete. Yeah. Um, Dial M for Murder is such a fun title. It's also like. That's a not great how movie. Work, bro. I forget. Was that <laughs> five, five or work. six? I'm, I'm pretty sure there were still rotated, ro- like the rotary at that point. So there were no letters on phones. It wasn't like the three letters in each. So how you, you don't dial letters on a rotary? It was phone. six, wasn't it? M and yeah, dial I six for murder. Is yeah, but on a rotary phone, they don't do. They didn't have letters on rotary phones. Uh, yeah, they, they yeah. yeah, I yeah, think yeah. they really? did. Yeah. yeah, they did the whole like one really. You remember when yeah. numbers had letters? They did that with yeah, circles on like too. A pad. Touchpad. Doesn't just have to on be squares. I'm, I'm looking at circles, squares, letters on them. Any kind of shape. My grandparents' rotary phone had numbers on it. They had both. Both. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've like, never seen what? Dial in for Murder, it's ama- amazing. I, think I haven't seen that Murray. one. The the title has always uh, entertained me. So I only have two pieces of trivia besides the trivia game. So um, the first piece of trivia is that Hitchcock and screenwriter John Michael Hayes clashed a lot during production as Hitchcock wanted the film to go a different way than how Hayes did, which I thought was kind of interesting. So I wonder if we'll see that reflected in the film, if we'll be like, "Mm, yeah, it feels like maybe there was a creative difference here. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. There's no reaction. Fist, fist, I know the trivia is not exciting for this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to know um, like what they disagreed on. Like I'm sure it was Hayes who was in the right, and Hitchcock, the director, the prima director, was the one who was wrong. Who Always knows? Trust the yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Um, <laughs> and then the other piece of trivia that made me laugh was that Hitchcock made this film because he fancied a holiday in south of France, where I'm assuming they shot. Mm. But I do not know. You know, it is where they shot the movie. Yeah. Okay, he did an Adam Sandler. <laughs> he <Yeah>. did. <laughs> yes. Alfred Hitchcock, the original Adam Sandler. <laughs> we just talked about how he uses a lot of the same people in the smaller yeah. roles. Yeah, that's hilarious, though. I mean, what a great re- like when you have the blank check that Hitchcock probably had at this time. Like, why not? You know? Just yeah. Like, right. I want to He's go like, on I will do what I want. Okay, so that gives you um, not a ton of context for the money game. But let's do the money game. Ka-ching! And Courtney, the money game is where you guys are going to try to guess the budget and the opening U.S. weekend box office for the movie. And oh, why doing, this is bananas. We're doing U.S. and not worldwide? Yes, and I will explain why not worldwide. Okay. Well, uh, you know what? I'll tell you why not worldwide so it will give you some context for the game. Because otherwise, nobody is going to win this because we've never done a film from 1955 before. And it is wildly different, the numbers. Uh, the reason why we're not doing worldwide is because international the, the total international box office... Was $1,930. Oh, so they got it in like two theaters or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, wow, or that's in 1955, low. you know. No, that's low for even 1955. 
Yeah. So this film did not have a huge international appeal, apparently. Um, all right. So first they were up like, is... Overseas, they were like, we like thieves. Why would we want to catch them? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So the budget. A 1955 film. Any guesses for what the budget for this movie was? Uh, 35000 35000 Okay. Uh, Are you Googling it? I was, the, I was Googling inflation. Oh, no. Uh, that's cheating. Brett goes last. You said, uh, said 1.2. Is that what you said, Courtney? Yeah, that's my guess. Okay. 1.2 what? Million? No, million. million. Yeah. Dollar, to, to make it? Dollars? Yeah. <laughs> Dollars? I'm like in, the, in my head, I'm like in the $15,000 range. I'm like, um. $1,000. Okay, well, that's going to color my. All right, because. That's I don't it's, knowledgeable this is and on a it. Very right, hard. I'm gonna one. say this movie cost two hundred thousand dollars and fifteen farthings. Okay, you know when right. you have when you say farthing, you have to say it as a with a British accent. Farthings. Otherwise, uh, no problem. Farthings. I can do that all day. No, oh, <laughs> no, Pat, not that yeah, British accent. Thousand pounds. Now, and 15 Look what you've done, now, Courtney. Now, Look what you've done. Right? Now. <laughs> that is gone. Is oh, that I can dine for the rest of the show? Oh, God. Okay. I feel Fred. like... So, I mean, the exchange rate, or the exchange rate, the inflation is basically t- 10 times the money. So, uh, but my thought is, this is... Uh, I forget how that movies used to be made with, like not special effects like gra- CG mm. graphics that needed team uh, teams of a thousand people to make them uh mm-hmm. and so, and a lot of times the actors had contracts with the studios so it wasn't like they were negotiating exactly so they're just the like film. they flew the crew to, to france which is probably the most expensive part of this <laughs> and uh, they just flew uh hitchcock just him they were just like chilling and hanging out everyone like, else drove Hitchcock yeah. <laughs> pulled out his camera, phone camera, you know, and everybody was just like, eh, action. And they just kind of like hung out and then ate snails or whatever they did, you know? Oh my uh, God. So- this, this is a movie I want, though. The movie about the making of this movie of just Hitchcock phoning <laughs> it not, in. Not the really way it was vacation. made. Yeah. A movie about the making of the movie as told by Brett. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm going to say that, like, in a today money, this would probably be like under 10 mil. So I'm going to say this is a, like, a, under one mil. So I'm going to say like eight, 500,000. Half a mil. 500,000. Congratulations, Courtney. It was $2.5 million. Holy crap. Ding, ding, ding. That's like Marvel money, I feel like then. That's like like 25 mil. Like, it's still, like, relatively affordable. Yeah. Um, I was definitely... Well, at first I was surprised at how low... That's got to be the lowest budget we've ever had. For sure. Um, Oh, it wasn't Clerks. Yeah, we did oh, Clerks. Yeah, yeah Clerks. Yeah, we did Boondock Saints, but... wasn't that like... Don't... Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> okay. <Empire> records. <laughs> yeah. Let's pretend this that never happened. This is very low. This is very low. Okay, so opening weekend, with that in mind, for US, because internationally did not do well. Any guesses? That's interesting. 35,000. <laughs> <laughs> it just took this a huge movie bath. was not yeah two it of the biggest stars and like the most famous director of the time this like, is opening uh, or this is u.s wide 
Uh, opening weekend. Oh, opening weekend. Oh, All right. You know what? I'm um, a little confused, though, because one source said it was opening weekend and one source said it was total. So, I don't know. We'll see what it... All right. Whatever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revise my to 3.5 million because, I don't know. All right. It seems more accurate. I want to say they doubled their money. No, they tripled their money. So, they pulled in se- seven and a half. Okay. Uh... I should go, Cordy. Can I go before you? Because if I did whatever you say, I'm just gonna like add or remove a dollar from it. And that's <laughs> totally. <laughs> and the that's not right. right. Um, the price is right at me. <laughs> I will. T- I'll say ten million dollars. Easy round numbers. Ten million dollars. Yeah, I I would probably go around fifteen, maybe fifteen. Oh man, guys, Brett got it this time. Yo, wow. it was eight million mm, um, mm, mm. seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. So they did good. They did good. Yeah, trip for that. Right. A little more than triple. Did a That's movie neat. ticket cost in 1955. We're going to have to do a few more movies from the 50s here because now I want to know, like, what's our. I don't have a baseline for 50s. Like, is. It sounds like triple right? your money is I'm really successful. Find out how many people saw this? Because I think that would probably be successful back then. Well, I mean, tripling average, your money today was, would be successful. Yeah. I, I think it was nominated for a few Academy Awards and. It Whoa. was one of the more popular Hitchcock films when it came out. So. Wow. Okay. okay. I'd wager well, to guess that that, that that price was opening weekend. Right. Yeah. Well, Courtney, you brought this movie to our table. I think Pat already kind of asked you about it, but like, what are your mm-hmm. memories of this film? Like, when was the last time you saw this? I, I would probably wager it's been seven to eight years maybe okay uh, that's this a good amount always, of time yeah this has always been one of those movies that our family will just put on when we just want to have a movie in the background um i mostly remember carrie grant's outfits because i remember thinking <gasps> i want that outfit so you would wear like these like ascot uh things in like a long sleeve striped sweater or like long sleeve shirt and I mostly remember films by comments that my mom would make because she would consistently say the same comments every single time we'd watch a movie. And so as much <laughs> as like watching the film itself is like nostalgic, I'll actually have my mom's like comments always coming up. So my mom, she was used to comment Grace Kelly's dress when she exits her hotel room into the hallway before the big moment sort of happens. The... Uh, there's like a gorgeous landscape of the South of France that sort of opens Ooh. the film. And every time you watch a Hitchcock movie, you have to watch for his cameo because he's, oh, he's yeah. cameoed in just about every one of mm-hmm. his films. That's um, great. Hitchcock, the original Stan Lee. I was just going to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I always got a kick out of this car ride that they had um, mm. because it, Everything else is pretty much um, on location except for this car ride, which is clearly green screened. So, um, but <laughs> oh no, but I just yeah, I just remember like all the sort of heisty kind of moments when yes. he was very athletic and sort of climbing on rooftops and like jumping into the water. And there was just like a lot of sort of drama. Um, and I would practice Ooh. like jumping off of our porch and tuck and rolling, you know, because I wanted to be cool. But um 
it's one of those movies where I've seen it a million times and I, I always know what happens, but I'm still always excited to find out again, you know, what the mystery is. Ooh. Awesome. That's awesome. So is, is this like your, cause obviously it sounds like from a, not as a person, but as a filmmaker, Hitchcock mm-hmm. is like your, your dude, like it, you said earlier, someone very inspiring to you to, to get into this. Yeah. They hang out. Is, is this your, that would be, I mean, okay. <laughs> um, the logistics I would offline. Maybe we talk about that. Um, is this your favorite Hitchcock film? Ooh. Wow, I should have prepared. Um, <laughs> I would say it's probably like my top three Hitchcock films. Okay. What are the top yeah. two? Grilling <laughs> um, <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> Name I them mean, all and the cast and point. crew and all the information. <laughs> um, Just kidding. Quit gatekeeping, Ash. Jeez, <laughs> you're like, oh, you like Hitchcock? Name five films. Oh, prove it. Go, I mean, not I, counting I, I Psycho. Could. No, I, I'm just asking so that I can add them to my watch list because I need to see more. I mean, as far as like a director goes, uh, I've seen just about every one of his movies. I know like so much trivia for all of his movies. And ironically, I've actually never seen Psycho. Um, because Whoa. I, I don't like scary movies. And that's sort of the line for me. Because um, Janet Lee, ref- Janet Lee couldn't take showers after making that movie, and I was like, I want to continue making sho- taking showers. So, um, <laughs> I really love Torn Curtain. Um, it's one of his films where he insisted to have his cameo early because he wanted people to pay attention to the story and not pay attention to when he comes in. Oh. And it's um, uh, Julie Andrews is in it. And mm-hmm. she's fabulous. And it's just sort of like a, like not a role you would think Julie Andrews to be in. And she's brilliant. Um, and it's just sort of, it's about like West East Berlin Ooh. and, and all that kind of stuff happening. And I love rear window a lot. I love the concept of shooting from one perspective and yet mm-hmm. you're able to really piece together everything that's going on. And I think there's such a brilliance in that but yeah that's awesome and and one of his trouble with harry i always forget about but it's shirley mclean's first film she ever made and um and it's it's kind of funny but it's also it's a mystery and it's kind of crazy um but yeah i feel like rear window is also one of my favorite hitchcock movies it it's for same same reasons like the uh and it kind of ties back into what i'm expecting from this some of the visuals he gets from like that limited viewpoint uh and i don't know it's weird being able to tell a story uh but like it, you know he's telling two different stories with the same visuals of what's happening versus what's really going on and uh I'm I'm very much looking forward to this. I haven't seen this film, but uh a lot there's so much iconic imagery from Hitchcock and Yeah, I just don't know I don't know what we're going to get with the with the South of France thing and I'm really looking forward to when Chris Hansen comes in and flips the chair around and says have a seat cuz they caught the thief or whatever. Um 
<laughs> Brett, in your world, is this considered a fantasy movie? Because you, you assert that France is not a real country. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> do, they, do they speak a lot of French in this movie? Because um, they they speak a little, yeah. As I'm going to be intolerable when we get back if yep. anyone asks any oh, questions no. about this. He absolutely is. kills me because I'm like 25 percent French. I took four years of high school <laughs> and French. You speak it too. I don't. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, and it just oh, how 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 can you be so disrespectful uh, to one of my favorite countries? Listen, baby speaks Red, French too. Oh Stanley. my god. Brett's oh, opinions on on French and France make me want um, to French. become French. French. It's French. 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 <laughs> it's, <laughs> when you're going to talk about French. when you're talking about the culture, the country, and the language in one, it's the portmanteau of, of French and French. France. It's France. It's, it's French. Yeah, it, it's pretty much summed up by the uh, the the knight in the tower of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's Brett's yeah. opinion. Oh, yeah. Of well, uh, the okay. French, even though the guy was French. But. Simply because of the way he feels, I want to become fluent in French now, just to bug Brad. I love it. Improve yourself. But anyway, I'm, I'm anticipating this is going to be uh, another great film because I don't think I've seen a Hitchcock film that I haven't liked. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I wonder if this will fall prey to, uh, especially since it's the oldest movie we've seen, uh, if it will fall prey to some of our older films on this podcast where we've all been like, man, that pacing could have been a lot better. Like, mm. you know, the the hyper I feel hyper like ADD pretty good movies with of his today. pacing, though, isn't he? I, I That's kind of something that Hitchcock is known for, is sort of yeah. his yeah. shot composition and pacing. So, and, I mean, and I've never been bored. So, yeah, and I'm, that's why I'm curious because it's so long ago now that you, I wonder even if a master of the time, uh, right, it still yeah. holds up. It's valid. So, looking forward to that one. Well, I mean, he did remake one of his films. It's the only one he remade, which was The Man Who Knew Too Much, and pretty uh, much it was, it was that he was like, I could make it better. Like yeah. he didn't think he thought the story was so great, and and I've seen both. And he did. He he improved it with like the pacing and how he went about sort of telling oh, that wow. story. That's yeah. rad. That's cool. Hitchcock, the original George Lucas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait. <laughs> he put dewbacks <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Anyone else want to do predictions? Yeah. I thought Sam was no. just going to jump right in there. Uh, sure, I will. Um. I don't really know anything about this film, actually, so I'm excited. Everything I know about it, I learned from you lovely people right now. Um, And I'm just, I'm really looking forward to kind of a slower pace. Not that it's going to be slow paced, but just compared to like the high action of like Marvel movies and modern day storytelling. Um, I really love how older films take the time to set up the stories, set up the scenery, and really kind of build a mystery with um, you as the viewer. So I'm really hoping that Hitchcock delivers on that. He's, I mean, on all his other films that I've seen, he does a great job of that. So I'm hoping this falls right in line. And 
yeah, I, I just, I have high expectations and I hope they're not unjust. So, so I have, I have predictions and a confession to sprinkle on top of my <gasps> predictions. Tasty. So, I am, I'm expecting to enjoy this because I like, I also, I'm not like a, I'll say a, um, a connoisseur of these movies, but I do enjoy the handful that I've seen. Like I like, I've watched Maltese Falcon a handful of times. I know it's a noir, but that's not, it's different. But you know, like the mysteries of this era, like I love, I really like Casablanca. I like multi, like those Humphrey Bogart ones, Double Indemnity, um, Maltese Falcon. Haven't seen this one. Um, so that's, so I'm predicting that I will enjoy this is my prediction. My confession. I'm just getting real real with you, listener. Okay. Please don't, please don't be mean to Pat. I'm afraid Ooh. of um, I, I'm afraid of what you're I am say. super aware. Obviously, I'm super aware of Hitchcock. I could tell you like everything there is to know about Psycho, who's in it. I could name a bunch of scenes from it, like shower stabbing scene. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil, you know, mama bones in a rocker scene. Um the dude dressed up as his mom scene. Like, I know the story there. I get to, you know, rear, rear window is, is Jimmy Stewart with his leg broken, spying through the telescope. I know Don't ruin scene that North one. I haven't seen it yet. This is the, uh, uh, that spoils North every Hitchcock film <laughs> as fast as possible. <laughs> I know North by Northwest involves a guy running through a field with like a plane, like flying low, trying to take him down. Um, You've seen know, the imagery. You know, the birds. And I know he like terrorized the actress who was in the birds, all that stuff. Okay. Here's the thing. I have never watched a Hitchcock film beginning to end. <gasps> wow. I've never Whoa. sat down and watched. I know all of those things about it. I know all of the big moments. I know all of like the, the big touchstones and the big like landmark scenes and stuff like the, the, the relevance of it. But I've never actually sat down and I've seen scenes, but I've never sat down and be like, I'm watching this movie. I know and about it. Credits credits. But I am, in fact, uncultured swine. Yes, I am. Uncultured Hitchcockian swine. It's okay. I, it's fine. I am. So I'm excited to kind of. I'm honored you know, to be your first. Hey, oh, yeah. You. yeah. Honestly, I think you would really like Psycho, Pat. Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited. This is the one because I don't really know anything about this this movie in particular. I, you know, right. so I didn't so mention you have no it expectations. when I was listening. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm actually really, this is working out really well. <laughs> when he was rapid fire spoiling other movies, he didn't spoil this one. <laughs> and for that, we are grateful. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> and for what it's worth, Courtney, Psycho, not scary. It's not. Uh, however, if you sat through the birds. It's the same level of scary as the birds. I mean, I guess totally. if you were already afraid of being murdered in your shower, then maybe. Mm. Yeah. But I don't oh, think yeah. it would like maybe inspire that fear in have? someone today. Yeah. I no. think it's, I think it has more to do when I began to watch Hitchcock movies. Like I, I was like 10 years old, you know, and as mm. a 10 year old, I wasn't going to watch Psycho. Right. And so I think that like that, that has just stuck with me right. for so yeah. long. But like I'm, I'm getting there. I'm like working my, I'm like building myself yeah. up. You know? Well, I'm, Halloween's right around the corner. Yeah, I was going to say Halloween's right around the yeah. corner. And one of the scariest movies we've ever seen, it's not a Hitchcock film, but Rosemary's Baby is flippin' terrifying. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen it. Avoid that no, one. Yeah, avoid that one. <laughs> that All one right. really was scary. We got to do, we got to bring that one around. It, it's so good, but it's scary for like different reasons. Not jump scare and right. ghost scare, but like, yeah. So, Courtney, what are your predictions for the movie? Do you think you're still going to like it? Is it going to hold up? Uh, oh, yeah. I think so. Absolutely. I, I have no doubt in my mind that I'm going to still enjoy this movie. Um, just because it's such fond memories. 
and like the landscape shots and all of these sort of cinematically and story and acting and all those pieces coming together. Um, it's still something that I, I go, Hmm, that was, I remember those days. Nice. So, yeah. Well, I, I'm very excited because I, I was already, I'm also a fan of, you know, old black and white films. Um, and I haven't seen enough. I wish I'd seen more of them. Uh, I'm actually more of like in the Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin camp when it comes to old movies. But Cary Grant movies in particular are some of my favorite as well. And so I don't know how I've never seen this one. But I was super excited when I saw it was Cary Grant. And then I was even more excited when I saw it was Alfred Hitchcock. So I'm super stoked and I knew nothing about this movie before you brought it to us. And so I'm going in complete blank slate like Pat. And I'm very excited because I think it's going to be super good. And nice. now, Brett, now you can. So we're going to pause the show and watch To Catch a Thief. And we'll see you when we get back. <laughs> If you like, you should have put a lock on it. If you yeah. like, you should have put a lock on it. Um, uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. <laughs> my initial <laughs> attempt was a terrible attempt at like a Bond theme because this is very, I got a lot it of Bondy is. vibes yeah, from this. Yeah, I can see that. Particularly, I just want to get it off my chest, particularly the fact having the, the male lead be twice the age. Of the female, oh like literally, yeah. yep. no, literally. Actually, I, I looked at no, no. I looked it up. I was curious. Yeah, she was twenty six when this came out. He was fifty one. So, boy, so uh, li- oh boy. literally, literally. Yeah. Man. Also, the French girl that's supposed to be younger than her was actually <laughs> older than her. That's hilarious. Yeah, she- <laughs> the pixie cut takes years off your life. Yeah. yeah. right courtney yes so i i thought i was curious so i looked up i I looked up some stuff on wikipedia after i I thought through like the whole movie she danielle was bertani's daughter not the guy with the limps daughter yeah oh until until she got mad at the funeral and then i was like wait i'm missing something i need to double check something oh i I didn't realize that either i thought she like her dad was the dude who owned the restaurant that's bertani bertani yeah no no she's the guy with the white streak in his hair the rogue from x-men streak in his hair and the limp who apparently had a wooden leg that that that's why she which explains how pissed she was at the funeral. yeah that explains her reaction much well at the very beginning the the restaurant owner says that this guy's oh, daughter does. will take him, right? So then uh, he says okay, right so, there. Yeah. We weren't yeah, listening. But, <laughs> I mean, but there is so much French and it's yes. hard. And I kind of like that though. It was an interesting choice to like have so much dialogue in French. And I love the fact that like you can still understand what's going on, you know, through context and everything. Mm-hmm. It also makes one wonder if culturally in the 1950s, more people knew French. Ooh, good point. There was an assumption that we can just throw a little bit of French up there and people will kind of understand enough. Maybe. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. I laughed at the beginning because the very thing it says, if you love life, you will love France. And I laughed. (laughs) (laughs) But Brett doesn't love life, so it's true. 
<laughs> I mean, come on. Hold, Brett, you're going to tell me you don't want to go there to that Riviera no, and like, literally drink wine and eat does. bread? No, I tried to plan that trip for us and Sam vetoed it. I did not because what? it would have involved. Like, I'd rather hang out in Ireland. Uh, no. I mean, I do. Yes, but. but me too. The, actually. <laughs> the, the cheap tickets were into Dublin, and then it would have cost a fortune yeah, to rent cost, a car. Yeah, like, three times the price And we to would go. have had to ride a train, like, 12 hours. So that's why we vetoed mm. that plan. We were poor at the time. Mm. Yeah. I did a day in Nice. <laughs> that sounds like, lovely. Late 2019, and it was the Ooh. day that the transportation strike happened. Oh, no. Oh! <gasps> I was there and too. Oh, no. when and that I'm happened. pretty certain that I got COVID before it was like a thing. Because oh, no. it was like early December. Oh. And I like get back. Like 2019? Yeah, yeah, 2019. And then Goodness. like months later, the papers were like, France has had it since November. And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh. I was in Paris in December of 2019 during <gasps> that strike. And it really made it. It hard to get around. <laughs> fucking horrible. sucked. It was terrible. Uh, How yeah, ironic that we were in France at the same time. I much. know. So crazy. Wow. Small world. <laughs> so, <laughs> or as Brett would say, we were nowhere at the same time. Listen, I don't believe that <laughs> France doesn't exist. Okay, I'm not like you. Just refuse to recognize it. It's Is not like a, a like I'm an anti-vaxxer for countries. Like I don't believe in France. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking uh, about? That's a conspiracy theory. French people are just Spanish people, but like in oh a my different God, place. Stop. No, stop! Even in joking, stop! <laughs> stop! Uh. No, that's not. I mean, <laughs> technically, if you want to go in that direction, France is Germanic originally. <laughs> <laughs> that was split between three brothers. The middle one lost all of his land there. And then the, the French brother and the German brother basically just, split it up. So and, uh, Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> no, the French are just Belgians that are ashamed. Goodness. <laughs> I don't, I don't See, know what that's supposed to mean. Wait, Everything what? you guys say ashamed about France Belgium? is way worse yeah, than my opinion. I was trying to think, is there, another, is there another, like, an area that speaks French predominantly? I know they do yeah. in Belgium. Is there yeah. another Don't area that speaks with them. French predominantly? I didn't say anything. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Uh, you, all, you all are terrible. All I said is French I sounds like baby it. talk. That's all I said. Oh, my God. That's it. Anyone can f- speak French. <laughs> you know? Like, oh, I can do it. Again? Fuck. <laughs> oh, man, Brett. <laughs> okay. This movie, though. This movie. I understood everything they were saying. I didn't need subtitles. Man, was I-, I was distracted. <laughs> Cary Grant, obviously, he'd been a, a successful for a long time in a movie star. He obviously just... Had- spent the last 25 years like lounging by the pool in his Malibu <laughs> house or something. Huh? Man, that guy is mahogany. Oh is, my yeah, gosh, was, yes. So like absolutely stop about you. sponsored by it Especially was, when they were in the water, yeah. like with the two girls, the scene in the water, and he yeah. was just like 10 shades darker than both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that scene had a line that I'm like, I wrote it down. Cause like, I love that. What did she say? She said, uh, you're just conjugating some irregular verbs. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I was like, that's that was so good. That there that whole relationship was very much uh w- weird to watch on screen. Their their whole uh Which the uh, one that felt weirdly sort of like the problematic scene in uh Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one. And he's like he's like hitting on her mom and her at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very uh <laughs> Cuckoo, cuckoo, Mrs. Robinson. There, <laughs> stop licking me. It was either that they were going to refilm it, or it sort of was slowed down in filming because um, there was kind of a complaint by the age difference between Cary Grant and Grace oh, there Kelly. Was. They just sort of al- they just sort of allowed it. Oh, like they yeah. both voiced an issue with it. Um, I don't remember specifically, but there was some like. Chit chat by the water fountain, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> mm. uh, um, yeah. Someone said this doesn't feel right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I give like I, I referenced like the bond. I give Roger Moore a little credit because he actually that's why he quit and stopped oh. doing them is because he did like his last one or second last one was with um, what's her name? Is it Tawny? Uh, she um, I'll look up her name, but it was a similar age gap. Mm. It where she was like he was like fifty something and she was in her twenties and and he was like this is ridiculous <laughs> this I can't like my romantic lead is half my you know could be my daughter it's just mm-hmm. and he's like I I I need to just stop this is, <laughs> that's what that's what they're gonna keep doing um, and that's what they kept doing yeah it was the, it's they're the, like yeah. cool bye we got a replacement <laughs> yeah. lined up oh oh man. Yeah, that was interesting. I kind of wanted her, like, I suspected her of being the other burglar for quite a while. I was, I do have to admit, I was not seeing that twist at the end. And I thought it was going to be her just because I was like, she knows what's going on. She knows what's up and she's playing him just as much as he's playing her. And, uh, and she seems to, understand what he's doing that he's like scoping out this place and everything and so i thought it would have been interesting if it was her because she was like look we can go rob stuff together or whatever and then he turned her down mm-hmm. um but i, I am glad that, that it was different but i thought that would have been a cool twist like as well. like she's bored wealthy socialite and yeah. she's a fan a fan of his and studied his work this is what she took for to get some kind of thrill because she's just so mm-hmm. bored and everything is just easy it's just whatever so it's i think we've seen it in other movies but so she takes up thievery because like this yeah. actually makes me feel something and i actually feel excitement where everything else is so bored and laid out for me and just kind of handed sam mm-hmm. was excitement. real upset at me because the very first scene when when the uh, french girl shows up i'm like oh she's the cat they're wearing the same costume <laughs> oh wow <laughs> wow nice and like at well the end done. It happened, she's like damn it brett <laughs> <laughs> why are you so good at this <laughs> oh brett has the power like superman 
Krypton, Krypton, Kryptonian levels of like cynicism that allow him to cut through all the bullshit. Yeah. And just, like <laughs> ruin movies with a single word. It was just because I was already talking about Cary Grant's uh, opening costume uh, in in some form what, of derision. His little ascot. Uh, yeah, it was like he. It, oh. This is like the like he he read Matilda or something and was just like, I, this, I'm going to live my like schoolgirl fantasy and like wear the black and white stripes and a, and a bandana. And like, that was his, <laughs> like his look. And they're like, you're dressed like a burglar, mister. Are you sure you're not stealing? And he's like, no, let me go put on something more comfortable. And then totally doesn't. Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> now was that a scarf, an ascot or a dicky? I don't know what a dicky is supposed to be. But I think it's an ass. No, a it's an ass that's in front, right? Because I, I learned that from Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah, a dicky is, is the top of a turtleneck. It's just like the. It's literally meant to go under, like, look like you have a shirt underneath the shirt you're wearing, but you don't actually have a shirt. It's just like the collar of a shirt. Yeah. And then, like, a little bit around it. Like oh, a, it's not like, just a turtleneck. It's other shirts, too. It can they it can have a collar, but mostly <laughs> oh. they're. It's usually just like a little square that goes down. It's like you a just bit know, like, that has a collar. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like a bit. But he was wearing a handkerchief. Yeah, it's like, that's a handkerchief. Yeah. You, okay. you know, it, every was. time he went out on the town, like, all the actual French people were annoyed with him. They're like, we don't we don't all dress like that. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> and then all the French people don't have French accents, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that was not a French accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys need to work on your Francaise I listen. I did. I already did the baby talk. I don't want to like overdo it and like do the thing that I think sounds like a French accent in my head because you're all going to be like Brett, stop. So you just my get mother you get. insisted that I take French because when I was in the fourth grade, I had figured out a French accent oh. and ah. she loved French. She never learned it, but she we homeschooled, and so she was like, "You should take French." I was like, "Why? I don't want to." But she do a French accent so well. <laughs> and so I took French for like a semester in fourth grade. Fun. Wow. And because you mm-hmm. were what pre 12, you actually retained the information, unlike poor me. Yeah, Sam was in French for like All years. All I remember is is how to say elephant. And I can <laughs> and I can count to like 15 in French and that's about it. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Yeah. How do you say elephant? I don't remember that. Yeah. L'éléphant. <laughs> that's lovely that's lovely i can't um, say elephant or hear elephant saying oliphant merci I'm a fucking nerd uh, oliphant <laughs> no this is not fantasy <laughs> podcast <laughs> that's my tolkien accent <laughs> uh, uh yeah, i told I was, yeah i totally thought it was gonna be um grace Kel- uh france francie francis right um, yeah i was i'm right there with you and um, what was I confused about? There's one thing I was confused about and I forgot. But uh, there was one thing I was confused about. He gets arrested at the flower market. Yes. And then the next scene, he's like, no, not. They explain it. I was. They did? But the next scene, he's at his lunch with the uh-huh. guy, right? And he says, like, something in Courtney Beckman, it's something like, thank God for the policy here. They basically, like, let, they arrest you and then let you go until you have your. There's something about, he, he there is a line. They, they, oh, okay. as, as the phrase goes, they hang a lantern on it. There is a line that explains where gotcha. it's like he gets like he said something is hey, he's got like ten days, 
Okay, but see, the thing is, is he wasn't arrested for the jewels. He was arrested for breaking that lady's flower cart, which was a crime that everyone (laughs) saw. And I'm pretty sure that would be the the most heinous crime. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think those are all her like her like nephews and sons or whatever. The flowers she was calling on. the, oh. Yeah, like the lady, like all those guys that came over when she's yelling. Oh. Um, I thought those were the undercover and, and like, cops that were like. There were no, no, no. Remember, so the, oh, the two but cops the guys who beat tackle them him up. into the flowers, gotcha. and then she's hitting him with the flowers, and then she like yells, and then these like three or four other guys come over and are like wrestling with the cops and stuff like that. Right, the flower lady yeah. grabbing his arm as he tried to run around the tree was very good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That part was pretty hilarious. Uh, I was also confused. Oh, go ahead, Sam. I say, Brett, did you already say how you called? Brett, it sucks to watch movies with him because he's like, (laughs) that's the thief. And I was like, this is the first fucking scene that we've seen her. He's like, she's the thief. And I was like, God damn it. (laughs) Like, I know he's right. Frustrating. Yeah. They better not make a movie of the Scarlet Letter because you just be like, that's the father. Even though I've already read it and I already know, but still. Ugh. Did Sorry. they? Make oh. a movie? I feel like Probably. I, wa- I, don't I feel know. like when I was in that weird English class where they didn't make us read books, we watched the movie for that. The Scarlet it's Letter. It's like Demi Moore or something. Okay, I was going to say, I thought it was Demi Moore, but I'm just imagining it. No, okay. Now I need to check it out. Then yeah. there's the modernized version, kind of Easy A with Emma Stone. I like, do yeah. the, mm-hmm. love that movie. It's actually and then very if you, good. I lo- I really like that movie. And then if you've ever seen Butter, which is an indie film, they do a nod to Scarlet Letter oh. as well. I've not seen that. I have not okay. seen that. Fabulous one. movie. Highly recommend. Uh, can, the one thing I was slightly confused. Actually, I, I, I wasn't really that confused. I mean, I was at first, like, they arrested him, and then he's back. But they I caught the line. So I get, you know, there's someone impersonating him. Um, it's classic, take, you know, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to catch the, the only way to, you know, exonerate myself is catch them, get it. I totally get his progression of, like, I'm going to fu- hook up with this insurance guy, get the list of possible targets, all that. The one scene, the scene where he's, like, it's all nighttime Interesting, like, green filter nighttime scenes, by the way. And it's just static shots. And then it's the scene where Foussard dies. I'm really confused about what was was happening there. Because he was taking out the villa. Oh, they explained that one, too, with, like, a quick line of dialogue. So he was there to try to kill Cary Grant. Because he knew Cary Grant would be there. Yeah. So Robbie, he was going to try to kill or, Cary Grant. Or Burns was there, <laughs> and he went there to kill him. Okay. Yeah. I was confused at first, too, and then Cary Grant says... Do, so like, do you think... Do you think Danielle... So do you think Fusard grabs him and has him in a headlock or whatever, and someone hits someone over the head? Do you think it was Danielle, and she accidentally hit her own dad? Is that what it is? She accidentally hit her own... That's what oh, she's... Own dad over the head? Dark. So she's killing her own dad accidentally? Because she was trying to hit Cary Grant. Yeah. So right before that, he's fishing and he hangs out with uh, Houston. The, 
Houston, right? And he says, I've been at the villa for three days staking it out and I keep, and I keep seeing him, but I don't, but I can't catch him yet. And so then he makes a comment about how he's going to go back that night, which oh. implies that Bussard and Danielle have seen him there. And so now they probably figured out a plan to like, okay, if we knock him over the head and like catch him, because they yell like, it's the cat, it's the cat. Then if they capture him, then they can prove that it that he was the cat and staking out the place because they had a right to be there because they were having they were like catering the party. Mm. No, that the, the ending. I'm talking about the one where Fusar dies. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So so John had been there for the past three days staking it out and saw some saw this person yes. there. Mm-hmm. And so it it probably implies as well that they saw him there. So then they probably cracked a plan to say, hey, he'll probably be there again tonight. Let's capture him. And then the mm-hmm. police will be there. And then we can we can be like the winners, yeah. the heroes, because we captured the cat. But instead, I think Danielle accidentally killed her own dad. Whoa. Instead Oof. of hitting. That is way darker than I thought. Dun, wow. Dun, dun. Oh, yeah. Hitchcock. <sighs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So and then so the the grand plan if I'm if I'm, the the whole plan was Bertani Bertani and Fusard and pretty much all whole kitchen staff at the restaurant they all used to be like in a crew right they were like heist, heist crew they were you know there was something about them together. fighting in a war well no right? they, they were criminals they were like a criminal crew they were caught the war came on and basically it was something it was like Suicide Squad stuff right it was like fight in the resistance and you'll get parole is like you know. Mm -hmm. right correct yes okay so as far as they basically had a clean slate to all of them go out go straight um robbie actually did go straight but it sounds like his old crew or at least part of it bertani fustard and his daughter were back into it but they decided they were going to try and they're going to get back into the thieving game but also make it look like john was doing it as like a cover right so was was robbie the narc is that why he got to keep all the money and everyone else was poor in his crew? I don't know. He just got mm. better loot. Mm. I don't know. He was the Michael Jordan. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to keep most of this jewels for myself. I'm the one who's stealing it. <laughs> I think, too, it could have just simply been that they happened to meet in prison. Yeah, that was what I oh, thought okay. it okay. was. And then just fought together in the war. And then yeah. they were all upset that he was wealthy and they're st- still poor even after all that and i think that's why they wanted to frame him oh mm. okay because they're just angry with them okay that came off as like that big boomer energy uh in that introductory <laughs> scene where he's like oh well i worked for my money and she's like well then they're not working mm-hmm. but i get it fair yeah there's a bunch of crabs <laughs> <laughs> pulling them back down his <laughs> brow would say <laughs> yeah bucket of crabs bucket of crabs um uh another thing that i thought was a little odd was the fact that they dubbed the french restaurant owner guy and they clearly planned for it because they would frame so you couldn't see his mouth you know sometimes and i was just like how strange because this isn't great (laughs) i can tell that he's dubbed i thought that was a weird choice how do you know? Oh, I was going to say they hired all their French actors like 
literally on their way to go film in Nice. Oh, whoa. And so a lot of them are, are really well-known French actors, and I don't think they had, they knew very good English. And so mm. then after they had like too many rain days, and so all this on location that they had planned to shoot ended up all happening in Hollywood. And so oh. while all of them were on their way to Hollywood, Hitchcock went to Paris to like screen all of their dubbing because basically a bunch of the audio was crapped out. And so they had to redub a lot of the, a lot of the audio. Oh, but, okay. So it could have just simply been him. Cause as like me as a director, I could feel this moment of like, wow, I've really made a poor choice in hiring this guy. Cause the man can't <laughs> speak English. Yeah. And just the whole time you're like, all right, just keep the camera on Carrie. Okay. We'll just yeah. keep the camera on Carrie and we'll fix this later. <laughs> yeah. Cause the first scene, it's like the first scene with them, which I'm guessing is the first scene that they shot with him just because he clearly the directorial vision going into that scene was I can put this guy on screen and we can see him talk. And then something happened, you know, they realized they couldn't, Hitchcock did. And then every scene after that, it's like, okay, have his shoulder blocking his mouth, have something else in front of it. Yeah, like every single Courtney is hiding her mouth with the mic listeners, and it's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I think that's exactly what happened, Courtney. <laughs> I, th- I thought for a minute that it was the uh, the situation of like uh, uh, the Star Wars thing where they replaced uh, uh was David Prowse oh. voice where there's like the voice is wrong like he, they're talking they're having a conversation and he's just like I know who you are <laughs> like, <laughs> like talking in the rain and I can't stand him stand him <laughs> that's exactly where I was going to yeah. oh man did I say talking oh. in the rain you did, yeah, you did. No, oh my god that's totally worked for this moment though. that is yeah. the uh portland oregon fizzy water like our local Lacroix. it's talking rain so mm-hmm. oh. that's super special of talking me talking rain yep talking rain oh yeah <laughs> Ash, you want to hit us with the IMDb? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. do it. Yeah. Let's do Okay, so Courtney, I'm going to tell you two truths and a lie and you all have to guess what is what. So, um number 1, Cary Grant came out of retirement to make this film and would continue acting for 11 more years. Mm. Number 2, because she did not have a lot of driving experience, Grace Kelly did not operate the car in the high-speed chasing, and instead, <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock put a blonde wig on a stunt driver. Um, and number three, in real life, when he was young, Cary Grant was an acrobatic was in an acrobatic troupe that toured around Europe and eventually brought him to America. Hmm. Interesting. I feel mm. like I I'll wonder. Go, I'll go last because I know the answer. Oh. Okay, I was like, Courtney's gonna know. <laughs> I wonder about the car chase one, mostly because so much of the car chase w- was filmed with the with the uh, projection. Mm. But like, there were parts, I guess, where there were people driving, and hmm, I'm gonna go with that one. I, that one feels like. There's already I'm so much involved th- with that. 
I'm going to say three. Yeah, me three. too. Okay. Courtney. Am I saying which one is the lie? Yes. Is that, yeah. is that what I'm doing? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the car. You are correct. Yeah. Wait, the car okay, is a lie. I said three because that was what he said in the movie. His character yep. said his origin mm-hmm. was. But so it's that, true. Whoa. The, it's true. Oh, shit. Yeah. 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 Um, the car one, she was actually obligated to do her own driving during the high-speed chase, even though she was not a confident driver, which I will say props to her acting, because at no point in the car do I ever feel like she doesn't look confident driving. <laughs> True. <laughs> and then, so those yeah. uh, Cary Grant reaction shots were real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sweaty palms. That's and wild. Cary Grant was an act, was in the circus. That's cool. Yeah, that, that's crazy. Isn't that, that crazy. Yeah, and the other interesting thing, the retirement thing. Um, he actually retired because he was so upset about. Um, oh, now I'm gonna forget. But it was like something about how the way like Charlie Chaplin was treated and how like it didn't feel like people came to see. Um actors in films anymore and he was just upset with the industry and everything so he like retired and then um came back i guess there is an amount of money to not be <laughs> upset with hollywood over anymore <laughs> that's what that's like uh well, them calling your bluff do you know right? more courtney <laughs> <laughs> well it he actually when he he came back and he was getting tired of these he was tired of the fact that he was playing these older like it kind of started back with charade when when he played against mm. um, Audrey, Audrey Hep, uh, no, uh, yeah, Audrey Hepburn, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and so he actually did Father Goose and was uh, nobody liked his performance because oh. he they didn't like him as this goofy guy, and so then he uh, he literally was like I'm going to do one more movie. And then I'm out because nobody's Mm. taking me seriously as an actor. They want me to be this romantic guy and I can't do that anymore. Too old. So then he did Walk, Don't Run and everyone raved about it. And he got all these offers and he was like, no, screw you guys. I'm out. Mm -hmm. And he never made another movie after that. So, Wow. Mm. Crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. That's, I mean, you know, some people, they just have a thing that they're good at. Uh, That's. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why my mind went to this, but you remember, uh, fuck, what, what Marvel movie was that? Uh, it must've been a guardians of the galaxy where they had that James Gunn, like James Gunn's going to talk to you after the movie. And it was this like super depressing, like every, what would you say to people who want to be, uh, to work in Hollywood? And he's like, everyone wants to be a director to do this or to do that. Uh, but you know, most people are actually just good at like moving stuff around and, and put it, you know, <laughs> And uh, <laughs> wow. don't, follow, don't follow your dreams. Do what you're good at. We need more people like that. <laughs> that was like, thanks, James Gunn. <laughs> wow, he's Damn. not wrong though. <laughs> so this is that was uh, Cary Grant's place was to just be love interest, no matter how old. Oh, mm. poor Cary. Do what we haven't talked about. As my first movie experiencing, holy shit, Grace Kelly is fucking stunning. Mm, by the way yes and like that initial blue dress she's in too like oh i oh, love yeah. the costume design it's mm-hmm. stellar 
It's absolutely gorgeous. But yeah. I, I mean, like it how... was Edith Head, so. Okay. Uh, I like how costume party just basically meant colonial times <laughs> or oh whatever. Oh my god. Costume okay. party. Racism. Yeah, Cary Grant's <laughs> costume yeah. was what now? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, there so, literally were black servant children. At the party? In the at the costume, they were holding the trail, like the train of a woman's dress uh, as she walked. Oh goodness, down I missed this. that because of the ridiculous Cary Grant costume. That but. wasn't Cary Grant; that was yeah. the um, insurance guy. Yeah, but he but was, was Cary Grant originally. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, they swapped. Gotcha. Which I don't understand why he could have just come and been. No, Cary it was. I do know. I know that though. They it came down, and they purposely the the two cops were drinking champagne with an earshot. And mm. she accidentally called him John. Yeah, but he didn't have to say any words. She could have. Right, he done technically that. didn't have to. It could have been Houston. Yeah. It could have been Houston the whole time. But accidentally, she said John, so the cops could hear. So they assumed, okay, in that costume is is, is Robbie. And he was just like, mm-hmm. oh, and, yes, uh, it's me, John. And then like walked away. <laughs> yeah, and, and then- that's why they danced like as late as possible or something. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was very rude of the band but, uh, to just stop in the middle of the song. Just stop mid song. Just have to finish the song. We out. Like, yeah. How, how long is the song? Just finish the song and stop playing. Or like, at least do a fake oh, the fade composer's out. Like, yeah. The composer's like, no, fuck this. We were only paid till midnight, and it's midnight. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Which honestly, though, at that point, you know what? If that is the case, I stand in solidarity with them. <laughs> even though though like the musicians looked confused they're like what oh okay yeah <laughs> the musicians are cool with it they think it's romantic it's, it's just the conductor is like i got shit to do no i mean when he yeah. like cuts them off the mu- musicians look That's like what I'm saying. oh the, yeah yeah the musicians would be like well we would have been cool it's, it's nice they're having a nice moment the conductor's like nah fuck this <laughs> yeah <We're> done. <laughs> do do you have any thoughts about the uh hitchcockiness of the film i feel like we haven't talked a lot of tech technical details yeah i there was one particular shot that really stood out to me that i really liked and it was the one where she's trying to tempt him because she's got the necklace on and they're like watching the fireworks or whatever and she backs into the shadows so that her head is completely in shadow, but the necklace is, like, lit up. And it was such an interesting, like, shot and lighting that that one I, I thought was really cool and unique. I feel like as far as, like, Hitchcock movies go, this one actually felt kind of tame to me. Like, it it doesn't have a lot of, like, his stylistic flair. And in, in some ways it felt a little rough around the edges, like the transitions felt yeah, like. Yeah, I agree. Well, just, yeah. It felt a little bit like a play to me with the rough transitions, you know? A, a little bit like a movie that they filmed the scenes of in between uh, vacationing days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I actually sometimes forget or have to like, wait, did Hitchcock? direct to catch a thief it's like one of his movies yeah. that I, I can never quite remember if it's him um because it is a, it is a bit wonky in a way mm-hmm. um there's a bit of a symbolism that he does and sort of these like weird cuts you know between them talking about the jewelry and then the fireworks and then 
mm. like the cat and the lady screaming at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times I'm like, wait, that's Hitchcock, right? Can't, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like when I think about mo- the other films I've seen, it's just like really strong framing. And this one kind of had a lot of naturalistic stuff in it. Like, uh, I wonder if it was because of the rain that Courtney mentioned. Like, maybe he had other shots planned, but hmm. they got rained out. Yeah, just, like, working with what they had. Yeah. Yeah, what's weird is, like, half of the scene will be on location, and then the other half, like, well, yeah, like part of it will kind of be on location. Like, when Danielle was on the little board, and then once they get, like, close, those are all green screened. And then... When the insurance guy is standing there on the pier, it's like, oh, on location. And then they go over to John. It's like, hmm, green screen. It was like this weird (laughs) discontinuity. Yeah, Mm because I think, I feel like you maybe, you mentioned that there was the, I was looking out for the car chase green screen, but I think there's a lot more green screen in this than I I thought there was going to be. I don't think any of it was green screen. Or not green screen, uh, the projection. I believe your project, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. the, like, projector screen. screen. There's no green screen. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I just want to be cuz I was like there is no way they keyed. They they did no. not have the technology to get that good of a key cuz it was pretty impressive looking actually. They actually did have some really good keying stuff back then, but it was a little bit later in uh Mary Poppins. They actually mm. developed a yellow light. Oh, yeah. That is like one of the best chroma keys. And they, um, I believe they won an Oscar for their technical advance on it. It's a very expensive light bulb. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this on the podcast before, right? It's the, it it emits a single wavelength of light only. And so it does, there's no crossover onto anything else. So they can actually like key that out perfectly. But, oh, wow. yeah, that's how they did. even like individual hair strands because I, I feel like that good of keying technology is only within like the past ten years. I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch you know those movies again. We'll but. do Mary Poppins next time. Yeah, <laughs> which we have, which we haven't done yet. Yeah. Does anyone else really want a quiche right now? Oh, uh, yeah. I love quiche. I love Brett, quiche. Brett hates only if quiche. it's made by the hands of a woman who. <laughs> Strangled, uh, Strangled a German Nazi. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, naturally. That's the best What type an uncultured swine that Houston is. That's what You've I never said. Heard of it? Oh, they've never had quiche, Lorraine. Have Bullshit. I yeah. I've eaten like two quiches in my life. I, I, I can believe it. Not That's everybody false. likes just what? thick false. egg. True to Brett's character, he also hates quiche because it is French. I don't hate it because it's French. I just don't like thick egg, all right? I don't need an egg cake. Right. Could could you think of like a food phrase that's not more on brand to me than thick egg? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Brett, Pat, you are a thick egg. Give me all the thick eggs. <laughs> yeah, egg. Uh, Brett once I'm said that eggs, eggs are the perfect food. Eggs are the perfect food, except in a quiche. Well, there's so much other stuff in a quiche. No, there isn't. The some thick- vegetables oh, and some cream. Thick egg. Get out. Eggs fucking, oh quiche fucking rules. Yeah, I really dude. Like now. It's so good. It's like a healthy like pie. A, I want like egg, uh, just a plain fried egg it's oyster shooter. Just like, <laughs> what? It's more I'll healthy than like a pecan blinking. pie. That's yeah. true. We're going to start a new egg podcast. So- That's you and me, Pat. <laughs> 
Well, you call it existential. Ex- ex- existential. Existential. Crisis. God damn. Eggs. <laughs> existential. Eggs essential. Oh. Wow. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. Thank you, Sam. Welcome You're to welcome. the egg podcast, Courtney. Thank you. You, you were here at yeah. the, the incredible edible I don't, egg. Little things. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we'd have an episode where we don't suddenly do a mini episode of another show that doesn't I know. Exist. Yeah, we do it on Within purpose so Brett has something to advertise with. <laughs> right? It's planned. We're really it, good yeah, performers. Yeah, we plan these. Certainly. Totally, yes. mm-hmm. This is 100%. all scripted content. All the bits are planned. Um, Brett actually loves France. Get out. <laughs> and Brett actually loves did. chocolate. You know what? Here's the thing. When we went, when we, the one time we got to go, it was my favorite place it really was. in Europe. It was awesome. It, so. I, I got food poisoning literally the first meal there. <gasps> it, oh, was, no. it was oh, rough. No. It I was had rough. a great time. Yeah. And uh, I, I almost threw up in front of Monet's paintings. It was rough. But still wow. lovely. I agree. He's overrated. His work is just <gasps> derivative. How dare you? And no. I'm, just <laughs> I'm, so I, I'm the, quitting I'm, this podcast now. So. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. How dare you? As you should. I'm implying yeah. the paintings made Sam throw up. Because <laughs> they're just hideous to look at. Just. No, false. I was like totally an embarrassing American sight in front of Monet's paintings. I was just like, <laughs> it's so beautiful. And it was. It's fine. There's no French people in the museum. There were, and they were scoffing at this very they loud Texas Oh, yeah, guy. Texas guy. Oh. One of those, uh, my kid could do that. <laughs> he was like, really? oh, just, no. Just straight up no. stereotype? What like, is this, just a, bunch of, just a bunch of color yeah. dots? Yeah. It, well, then he was like, she's a prostitute. Like, yeah, talking about the paintings, <laughs> and the French people were just like, <laughs> <laughs> They were so uh, mad. Yep. Yes, she is, sir. Yes, she is. I was mad. I was like, no, she isn't. I looked it up later. I was like, God damn it. He was right. But she was like a high-end prostitute. So whatever. You're a fancy prostitute. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Spectacular. Um, I don't know how to segue this back into the movie. (laughs) Yeah. This movie. This movie. We're, I mean, we're we're getting there. We could cut, cut into final thoughts if we don't have any more yeah. trivia's or anything. I no, I don't. I don't know if Courtney does though. Courtney should have hosted the show. Yeah, you would have been an. I mean, Ash, you were an excellent host too. But no, it was terrible. Ash. It's okay. <laughs> I, Courtney, I think you might have had the most like knowledge of the film, like behind the scenes of any guest. We've ever had. Yes, it's very impressive. Ever. You've brought a lot to yes. the podcast, I have to say. Thank you. I will rejoin you anytime <laughs> you want to have me. <laughs> Yay! I, I love movies so much. You got you got to um, keep those ratios up. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, well, because... Uh, Grace Kelly, you know, married the prince of Monaco soon after. Whoa. Um, what? No, I know nothing. <laughs> yeah, so when I made that comment about her being a queen, oh, no, actually, she's a princess. That's real. Whoa. She soon after met the prince of Monaco and married him, and Alfred Hitchcock tried to get her to be in another movie, and she was she was done with her career. Um, but that's, <laughs> like, no, that's that spot where that spot where they, like, parked for the picnic... Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It's said to be the same place that she got in a car accident and died um, <gasps> oh. In, oh, no. in real life. Whoa. Yeah, 
which is a bit oh, of sad, sad trivia, but um You mean she's, she's sort dead? Of- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> Sorry. Um <laughs> I think that's all I think that's everything. I know they, wow. they did a bunch of rewrites and they kinda had to hire a new writer for like a week. And oh. um because of the because of all the the French dialogue was kind of messed up, so they had to rewrite some of it so they could dub it properly and, and fit in there. Mm. But um, oh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I did have that trivia about how like the writer and Hitchcock didn't really see eye to eye, and I wonder if you know because if you're like rewriting scenes, you know, up until filming, I could see all of the transitions being thrown out the window you know what i mean i'm also (laughs) curious if i mean Mm -hmm. because you've you've seen more of the hitchcock films than than i think anybody any of us have uh and i'm curious well what's your count we're the where's how many i've seen are hitchcock's (laughs) women written well normally like the 50s because, Women were not equal okay, humans. That's not true. Sometimes there's good movies. And I'm curious, because there were several lines when we were watching this, and Sam was just like, written by a man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, obviously. Uh, it, yeah, so I just, I can't think off the top of my head if that's uh, all, if that's a Hitchcock staple, or if that was like maybe part of what was going on in this. Huh. There I mean, that? To Catch a Thief is based off of a book. Yeah. Yeah, um, did they just, like, rip the dialogue straight out of the book, or was it, like, rewritten score? for a screen? <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I would say that I've, I've never generally hated the female characters in any of Hitchcock's movies. Because um, in, in a weird way, the female characters are usually the ones driving the entire story forward. That's true. Um, yeah. yeah. Totally. When I'm thinking about all of his movies, like they're the ones who instigate the issue or they're the ones that investigate the issue. They're mm-hmm. usually the ones who figure it out before everybody else does. Um, but again, it's sort of this like Hitchcock doesn't actually care about his actors, really. It, they're just sort of props to him. Um, but I think overall, overall, like the women in his movies are not just there to be there and be pretty, but they have like a pretty significant purpose um, in in moving the plot forward. Um, And then you just have to take into account, okay, culture in the 1950s. What did that look like? What was understood to be how interactions happened um, and things like that. Would you always kind of have to like, it's like reading the Bible, you know? Well, let's talk about this culturally. Uh, how does this fit into the culture uh, that this was written? Um, so, you know, but then, you know, you can look at Cary Grant's, there, Cary Grant's is in a movie called like um, Sky Angels or something like that. And I think it's the first movie made in the 1940s where I'm like, screw this female character. She's horrible. <laughs> she's so dramatic oh. and like all that kind of stuff. But in a weird way, there is when you really dig in um the women in that time frame in movies really kind of had this like secret power to them um which has always been really intriguing to me that mm-hmm. like even though culturally i'm not allowed to to own things or do things or or 
pursue what I want. Secretly, I'm still, I'm still in control, um, which I think is kind of a beautiful nod to women in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Just like a, how... It's a long answer. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Just, you know, Francie, she, you know, I think she knew who Cary Grant's character was, like, right off the bat. You know, he knew who, she knew who he really was and was, like, secretly, like, knew what was going on and was protecting her mom and totally, like, involved in all that. And I feel like I see the same thing with the birds, where, like, that female character is, like, really driving the story in that movie as well. Um, I didn't or feel this like movie, this... She's literally driving. <laughs> yeah, is that why you were laughing? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Cool. Oh, cool, cool. Well, thanks for that in-depth, totally <laughs> out-of-character moment, in. Courtney. <laughs> that was rude. Wanted... <laughs> Pat's over here. Courtney like, had a really oh, good a and eloquent <laughs> really good and eloquent <laughs> thought. And she said, well, you should, but she opened, you, Courtney, you opened it with uh, the women driving the story. And I was like, Fire chair. Literally. But you were, I don't want to interrupt. You're, you're very well thought out. <laughs> No. <laughs> but it was giving me a heart. It was giving me a heartburn. <laughs> oh man! You're welcome. <laughs> was it on purpose? Was it an accident? We'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I mean I totally see like that the women you know they're women from the 50s, but I do feel like the women characters in this movie aren't too terrible. Like you know they. They both seem to be really strong characters, and the the twist that the actual thief was a woman, I feel like, was pretty progressive for that time. Totally. Because I've even seen movies in the past, like, five years that they're like, oh, it's actually a woman, and they're like, whoa, and I'm like, come on, guys, come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I the- feel like that's still a big problem in movies, but... Mm-hmm. Totally. The, the part that I just didn't like was like uh, the swoony talk between the characters. You know how the women are oh, just like yeah. throwing themselves at Cary Grant. Uh, to be mm-hmm. fair, we probably would do the same if we were, you know, there in front of the glorious <laughs> Cary Grant. But still, it, I feel it like felt a little like meh. the 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 older lady was just so enjoyable to watch though her, <laughs> yes mm-hmm. she was my I favorite loved her. she was great flirting with them and be like oh great yeah because yeah, they were an age-appropriate match yeah <laughs> they were the same age yeah <laughs> but she plays carrie grant's mom in north to northwest north oh northwest. oh, oh. that has been too long I that is... good rapport good chemistry nice mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. cool all right, wrap ups. Final, final thoughts. thoughts. Final thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I'll go. Pat, go for it. Yeah, um, I enjoy this movie. Is a net positive, as I like to say. Those of you playing the Let's Rewatch drinking game at home, take a shot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it makes me want to go seek out possibly other Hitchcock movies, but just other watch more movies from this era, like mystery movies, suspense thrillers. From this, Charade you know. is very good. If you liked charade? this, you you would like charade. Love okay. charade. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I will do that. That's it. That's <laughs> it. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Positive. Yeah. Maybe All I'll right. watch an old movie or two. Good. All right. Moving on. Yeah. 
Um, Brett, I also uh, this was this is very fun to watch. Uh, even if I did guess the whole plot of the movie in the first ten seconds, it's fine. It was very fun. Um, I feel like we covered everything I want. I didn't even have like a secret like whack wackadoo comment for the end of this because uh, I, I feel like I got it all out there. Uh, the some of the yeah. A few of the a few of the lines in the movie were iffy. There was one the one cheese ball scene where I was like, Hitchcock directed this. Uh, was the the right after your the fancy necklace and the face in the dark scene where they did that extended like we're gonna cut back to the fireworks because fireworks are happening on the couch between these two. Do you get it? <laughs> <laughs> They're flirting, and then now there's a shot of fireworks. Like, okay, cool, thanks, Hitchcock. Um, but I wonder um, if that was the first time, though, like that's so played out to you and and cliche now. But what if that was the first time that I think it was filmmaker had done that? It's I don't the know. heavy handedness in which it was done. But like it cut back mm-hmm. like three or four times. It was like, I'm yeah, just saying, we totally. Yeah. If, if there's <laughs> if there's a flaw in this movie, it was that scene. But outside of that, <laughs> if it was there's very a fun. flaw, if there's, if there's, the if I had to choose only scene. one, that was the one. Not where... the blackface costume. <laughs> oh, <laughs> got him. That's, I mean, sorry. I just, I feel like that's a little more pertinent. You know, wait for your turn. Oh, sorry. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> You're the Fine. one that did the sweeping generalization. She's saving you, man. <laughs> She's saving no. you here. You know what? I just forgot about it, okay? I was thinking you about the rest of white Brett America. Was... Just forgot. I'm finally singing a movie's praise I was, and I'm not an... jumping on it. I'm an editor, so when the editing is bad, I notice it, okay? okay fair, I wasn't fair. thinking about the horrific costuming in that one scene. This the editing. <laughs> Okay. 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 All right. Sorry. sorry. Good. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, all right. You're just racist. But get out. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. No, it was a fun. It was a fun adventure. Uh, I feel like it did what it needed to do. I did postulate at the beginning that the pacing might be off, and while I actually didn't think it was slow, uh, I do. I did have the thought that. There is a modern day version of this that's like feels a little beat for beat, uh, but not not beat mm. for beat because it's a, a, a different resolution. But uh, the the first episode of uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine where they have uh, Doug Judy uh, get away. I don't know if you anyway mm-hmm. that that whole yeah. thing. It's basically like this movie condensed down into 30 minutes is where, where they're like, <laughs> somebody's stealing. Help us find the, the, the thieves. Doug Judy, famous thief. And it, it, they did that plot in 30 minutes. And it was like also very entertaining. But, uh, wow. I was just thinking. I wasn't expecting that comparison. <laughs> no. And it's not like a directorial <laughs> comparison, more of a, like a pacing comparison. Like, it, it, you could yeah. tell the story at many different speeds. Uh, but I think what they did with this one, uh, was, very enjoyable and fun to watch and i'd watch it again um i think i had different expectations of what this movie was going to be um it was good but it was a little more like pop mainstream type film and i was expecting a little more like 
high art French cinema style. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so the pacing was actually... Have you seen all- Alfred Hitchcock movies before? I have, but this mommy brain just forgot. Also, okay. we okay. just watched The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and so I was kind of expecting... Yeah. That? Mm. The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, the cinematography it's so is good. so wildly good. Like, every... It's so good. It's forever. The movie is it's forever. Is it Good, Bad, and Ugly? Yes. It's mostly just good. It's mostly, yeah, it's mostly <laughs> good. Um, and I think what shocked me the most was how much of the plot was said and not shown. Yeah. So that kind of threw me. Still really fun, still really good, um, but it was a little hard for me to follow. And I think that we all kind of experienced it on some level because, you know, just in our discussion, we're like, oh, wait, was that her father? Was that her father? And it's like, oh, well, it was explained in this one line. And like, so. Or like even the stuff they put on screen, the uh, wait, that guy just got murdered, but who did it? And then even when they explained it, it's like, how hey, wait is yeah. that really Who's how it happened but- yeah so that part was a little hard to follow and i'm not sure if it was just like how fast they were talking or if it was like the 1950s cadence that we're not quite used to um so that made it a little hard for me but i still enjoyed it it was super fun um of course beautiful cinematography really great staging i love the costuming um, I loved that they had a woman uh, antagonist, and I loved the setting and the whole like French, you know, coastal line was awesome, and definitely net positive. Not <laughs> quite as like super exciting. I'm head over heels in love with it as I expected to be, but still net positive. And also, <laughs> the blackface was awful. <laughs> I just gotta say that. Slap it on the end there. Yep. Why? Why? Gotta do that. (laughs) All right. Who next? Uh, Do you want to go, Courtney? Am I saying, do I still love this movie? Is that kind of what I'm... Yeah. So, like, based on your predictions, like, has your your opinion changed? Did you you like it? Did did you enjoy it? Did it live Mm -hmm. up to your expectations? Yeah. I, I found it interesting that, like, really for the first time I was paying attention. Because, uh, like, having seen it so many times as a kid and it's been explained to me, right, oh. by my by my mom. Um, and having seen it so many times, I've, like, put the pieces together overall. But uh, it is kind of interesting to have, like, rewatched it and really paid attention to the dialogue. And I felt like sort of the I feel the same way I felt like all of the dialogue was kind of condensed into like a frame and then then they just did a bunch of like shots and it was like sort of slow and kind of meandering in a way and then it was just like all right now we're going to create one more scene of dialogue and then more more moments and things like that um which is pretty typical of like an older film just they kind of assume that the audience is an idiot and they just sort of like over explain everything it also feels Um, like maybe a transition from like those text cards you know like like a holdover from people who had watched films like that which like we need to do all the exposition here and then all the action 
<laughs> yeah. And I don't know if maybe that was part of the problem with filming and and because they lost so many shooting days and so they sort of had to like figure out, okay, how can we go about like creating the story and not not really having the time to shoot all of it, which I thought was really interesting. Um, but I think overall it was fun to kind of really pay attention to the pacing of those long moments and kind of think about why, why is this moment so long? Does it need to be this long? (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. Um, it won an Academy award for cinematography. So it had to have been sort of ahead of its time as far as like cinematically and, and, and what it looked like. But, um, yeah, I think as I was sitting there, I thought further and I'm pretty sure the reason I like that movie from being a kid is that I always secretly wanted to be a jewel thief. (laughs) I learned a lot about like how you case a joint and how you kind of work over someone. And so any kind of like sting operation type movies, I'm like total fan of. Um, But yeah, I think it still held up. I I agree that, I, it never put two and two together that he they were kind of playing blackface in that mm-hmm. in the scenario, um, and I was just like, "Oh my god, child slaves!" Okay, yeah, <laughs> we, can cut, we can cut this scene out. Uh, which is the reason why I don't watch Holiday Inn anymore because I'm oh, like, I rough. can't watch that movie at all. The stage version's fine; they took all that out. But mm. um, yeah, overall, I did like it. I don't know that it would be top three Hitchcock anymore, though. Okay. I was wondering if you still felt that way. Cause I, I, it's the first, I watched it with my boyfriend and it's the first Hitchcock movie he's ever seen. And he was like, I actually really liked this. And I was like, if you like this, you should watch the other ones. They're even better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, I, I thought, uh, I enjoyed it. I, I like I said I I don't feel like it's Hitchcock's best work. Um I think he's done better stuff. I w- and he's been more I think he's been more create creative with his filmmaking style. A lot of this felt like set up the camera, we have a medium two shot and here's the whole scene, which felt a little lazy. Um vacation. But- he was on vacation. vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, but I was really impressed with the the projector scenes that they did, you know, instead of green screen. Like, I was like, wow, this actually, like, in some of them looks really good. And there's times where she's driving and, like, you know, she turns right when the thing, the background is turning. I and, did like, notice that. In sync. Their action yeah. sync with the, with the motion was really good. It was pretty good, yeah. And I on was the boat, too. chicken moment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I enjoyed it, but now I kind of just want to go and watch, like, other Hitchcock films, because I think he does, I think he's, I think Hitchcock is the master of suspense, and this movie doesn't really have any suspense in it, so I don't feel like he was doing the thing that he's really good at in this film. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's where I'll leave it. <laughs> it's like, if he can make right, a movie this good up. when he's on vacation, you should see what he does when he's trying. 
<laughs> totally. Totally. Uh, well, awesome. Uh, that was To Catch a Thief. Uh, thank you, Courtney, for bringing it. Yeah. Thank um, you for having me. I feel like we didn't get into it enough at the top of the episode. Can you tell us about, or tell our listeners about uh, some of your uh, films and uh, where they can find you online and follow your your work? Yeah. Um, I have a YouTube channel called Teensy Leader Pictures. It's my production company. Um, you can also access my films on my Vimeo account, Courtney B. Rop. Um, I hang out mostly on Instagram at court court OA, and I may or may not have finally started a Twitter called everybody dies where I do film reviews. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, and by, I just started, like I just started it. I did it on, <laughs> on Instagram and now I'm finding Twitter might be a better, um, That's exciting. Place, but yeah. Um, Anyone who wants to collaborate, if you write, if you want to talk movies, uh, you want to hang out anytime, I am available. Um, I think that's it. If you're in Reno mm. at any point, um, I generally perform with my duo prov at Reno Improv. Check it out. Awesome. Nice. Cool, cool. All right, Ash, do the thing. What do I do? Ga- enrage the audience. Okay, enrage the audience. <laughs> um, and you can also follow us on Twitter. We're at Let's Rewatch, where we do fun things like a movie poll, like we did here, so that you guys can pick the movie. Or if we don't do a movie poll, and I remember, I will tweet a still of the movie, and you guys get to t- guess what the movie is, so... Didn't didn't do that time. This time had a movie poll. Brain is shutting down. Can you hear my brain shutting down? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, if you liked our podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and support us on Patreon, like our new super oh. awesome Patreon su- supporter. A patron. Case Aiken. Yeah. Case back. Thank you, Case. We love you. Case number one. Love you, bud. Is that like a conflict of interest, though? Because he's like our boss. He's buying his way onto the show. He's not buying stocks. (laughs) No stocks here. He's buying stock in my love. (laughs) We are part of the CertainPOV.com network of shows. Head on over to CertainPOV.com and check out our Excellent library of uh, podcasts, all hosted by wonderful, delightful people uh, like Circle of Friendship, Comics Quest, or CPOV Autographs. Check it out. Hooray! And you can... Now, Funk Show, brother. Oh, every time. Every time. Every time. Join us (laughs) next time when we watch uh, another French disaster film, uh, The Cars That Ate Paris. (laughs) Okay. CPOV CertainPOV.com